Simone, how are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? Um, it's New Year's Eve, and I'm <laughs> I feel weird about it. Do you feel weird on New Year's Eve? Does it make you sentimental or sometimes it does, but this whole holiday season has just kind of just been another day. Like it's just been, oh yeah, this is on. This just means certain stores are gonna close early. Like that's all it's been for me. Like it, I've been we've gone and done stuff, but it hasn't really really impacted me yeah so we're going to a little get together later at our friend's house but yeah no big deal yeah Yeah. not feeling it (laughs) (laughs) it's weird for me because I always like get all reflective I'm like oh like even if it's a bad year I just there's something weird about it I'm sentimental about it and and I don't know what to do like I can't help it I don't like it but I can't help it (laughs) yeah yeah um, yeah, today was weird. I, I went into work, but hardly anyone was there. And so it felt like you're at the library after hours, you know, <laughs> like, like kind of exciting, but then also kind of depressing. So yeah, yeah. Um, tonight, Don and DW are coming over and um, we're just going to like watch te- like bad TV and probably laugh at the countdown or whatever. Cool. And then I'll probably pass out on the couch at 10. <laughs> at 10. That's Greg always wants to go to bed before midnight. And we don't even normally go to bed before midnight. So I'm like, what the fuck? You're not doing that. <laughs> and I love that he has a podcast that's based on like the premise of every episode is that it's a New Year's Eve countdown. <laughs> Gosh, it would be funny. I wonder if there's going to be no episode this week. That would be funny. <laughs> oh, the total inverse. Yes. That's funny. Okay. Um, so you were telling me that you're trying to finish up a book before you head out the door tonight? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. I am. Uh, well, here's the thing. Like, I I guess I, I don't know if I, I don't think I quite made it last year, but this year I got I got a Kindle for Christmas last year. So I was like, I want to I want to average two books a month. I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to read two books a month. And last January, I read five books. So I was like, all right, I'm going to read. Oh, like, wow. I'm going to like do so much more. So I had five in January and maybe two of maybe three in February. I'm like, oh, I'm just fucking knocking them out. And then I don't know what happened in March, but I read zero. And then, yeah, it was just kind of, yeah, it kind of fell off a bit. But then, I, you know, it's like I, I did keep reading things, but not keeping up this magnificent pace I thought that I was achieving. And anyway, and then I had a few months, the last few months, I just didn't have the energy or time to do it. And I was like, it's not going to happen. It's fucking not going to happen. And then I read, uh, I read uh, the Caitlin Moran book. And then I read this other book about... Um, 
uh, elite gymnast and the, just the fucked up training situation, which I didn't realize. Something something during the Olympics, somebody was talking about this, and, and I was like, oh, I'd never thought about it. Cause I, I mean, I always like will watch gymnastics for about five minutes every Olympics. That's about my Olympics time each each four years. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, and so I, like, I, I had this book on my list, so I read that, and then I added it up, and I had 20 books that I'd read, and I was like, holy shit, I'm almost there. So I've been busting Aww. my balls to like to read uh, to read four more books, and I had all this time off of work. I had 17 days off. I still have another week left, and I was like, wow. oh, I'll knock those out in no time. But of course, yesterday is you know the the 30th, and I'm like, oh shit! So I finished like I read like the last. <laughs> 30% of The Hobbit, because I wanted to reread that, even though I've read it before, but it still counts as a book I read this year. So I finished that, and then I had, like, I'd read, like, a third of Clockwork Orange, so I finished that, and then I had read half of this other book about uh, this mentalist, the guy who taught me magic classes uh, earlier this year, so finished that and I was like I need one more book and I was just going to annoy me too much if I fell one short so then I looked through my Kindle and I had breakfast at Tiffany's and I'm like oh god this is like a page a minute book and it's like about 100 yeah, pages excellent so yeah so as of this this podcast I have 20 pages left so nice yes I'm gonna meet my goal like right right before time so I'm gonna do it so I'm excited because I met my goal hooray very goal on or do I sound crazy trying to achieve this goal like like who cares if I read two books a month let's leave that to the listener to answer yeah. listeners <laughs> call the dong line you got out of that one nicely yeah listener <laughs> <laughs> am I fucking crazy for like busting my no. balls to well read? you just don't have kids like yeah <laughs> I think true. like you know I used to do that before I had kids and then you yeah know. yeah you just don't have that kind of time, but that's no. absolutely like the funnest thing to do is like read a bunch of stuff. Yeah, well, I think if I had me, kids, I maybe I could. Is it if I had kids, would it be implausible to make it like one book a month? Would that be yes. like that would still be implausible? Um, well, it depends on the age. Like a newborn, um, implausible. Right. Um, about two, even more implausible. Um, right. About five, you can start start reading, reading a little again. bit again. Okay. But I can't remember. Anyway how old my kids were when I read Breakfast at Tiffany's but I remember being like really fascinated by the lesbian element because in the movie they did not let that in there at all but the movie is like the most racist movie ever where they had Mickey Rooney acting like a Chinaman no he's (laughs) Japanese they called him him, I think he was supposed to be Chinese I think he's supposed to be Japanese I think in the book he was Japanese but they like I don't don't know I, I need to see it again but I like Oh, the scenes where he's like Miss Goretry, and I'm like, oh my god! Yes, they, they giant wouldn't let the lesbian teeth. thing in there, you know. But now that would be totally kosher. But you would totally. not do the racist thing. Yeah, well, I mean, the Japanese character isn't in it that much. He's like, he's just there, and he's like telling her to, you know, be mad at yeah. her for like ringing the doorbell and stuff. But they said, oh, we can really pump up this character and for comic relief it's like oh no so because when I first started reading I was like oh okay so this really is a character in there and then I realized no they really just beefed it up for, for the movie so <laughs> they really beefed it up they yeah beefed it up delightfully inappropriately yes but I still have 20% left but I, I know that the book ends differently to the movie but I already know how it ends differently so I'm not going to be surprised oh how did yeah. you find out 
Oh, because I looked it up uh, when I think I was just <laughs> no. Well, after it was after I watched that goddamned uh, uh, um, what call it Jennifer Love Hewitt piece of shit Audrey Hepburn oh, yeah. movie, and then I think something that was said in that made me like you know want it. Oh, that, oh, that's why she said something about her being a call girl, and it wasn't obvious that she's a call girl in the in the in the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. So I was like, oh, what? So I wanted to read more about that. So that's when I was reading like how the book differed from the movie. Um, I was trying to verify if she was a call girl or not. And she isn't really. She's just sort of a girl who sleeps with the, you know, like a like looks for sugar daddy type sort of. So yeah, yeah, better in but, prison. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I think is kind Sometimes. of conveyed in the movie anyway. So yeah, she's not a call girl. So I guess yeah, there's confusion about that. But anyway, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, now you had now this was so weird you texted me the other day and told me you were studying for this exam and mm. I freaked out because you had taken this exam before well you give out the whole story and then yeah you explain it oh yeah for my okay for my work um, like I have my bachelor's degree in health administration but I need to be certified like to get my my little licensure like where you write the little letters after your name so I've, oh. they hired me under the premise, like, and I've been there 13 years without this <laughs> licensure because I keep taking the test and not passing it because it's so fucking hard and I'm so unfucking interested in it. Like, it, it, you know, my degree is 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 very peripheral to my interests, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about that. How I just like, I started out in something I was interested in. And I'm like, wait, I can't make money in this. So. Um, yep. The downside of that is that you can't remember anything um, about it either because you're not super interested in it. Yeah. So these tests are so hard, and I should have taken it as soon as I graduated college, and it was all still in my brain. But no, I like yeah. It, back then, this was before the internet was invented, and so you yes. could only take it once a year in like a certain place where you had to sit down, and now you can take it just whenever. So um, I keep taking this as an interval of about every four years. <laughs> and four years ago, like she. Stephanie kind of dropped out of the of, of, of the online life. I like I, it was like a noticeable void in, in my life, and suddenly it was like, oh, where is she? Like, because we were you like you, me, and Kate would email every day, the three of us, and suddenly you just weren't very present, and it was like because you were just studying all the time to, to for your test, and it seemed like it went on for a few months, like at least two months. You were studying. I had a big study schedule where yeah. like every night after work I would go to Starbucks and study for like two and a half hours. Yeah, it was a it was a sad time. For her, a sad time for her friends, and then, and I was thinking about this. This was about four, so this was four years ago, and exactly I was in England at the time of the test. And a few days yep. ago, I was thinking about back to that. I was like, gosh, I remember that time when she took that test, and I was having the time of my life because I was in England. I go to dance on stage with Supergrass. Meanwhile, Stephanie's life is being destroyed because she's failing this test again. So it was, it was really sad. Like I remember, like being so happy that where I was and just feeling really sad at the same time because I knew this had happened to her. So anyway, and I was thinking about this a few days ago, and then she just texts me, "Yeah, I'm taking the test again tomorrow." And I was like, "What?" Like it was completely random because I was actually thinking, "When is she ever going to take that test again? How is it? How has she been four years without taking that test?" Because it was kind of like you really have to take the test this time. So that was bizarre, and that that I'd been thinking about it the day before, and then you just texted me and said you were about to take it again, and you didn't study as hard this time so yeah. no well I didn't talk about it as much uh, right. I kind of didn't want to jinx myself like hardly anyone knew I think right um, but yeah it was really hard to make myself study but like this the night before I kind of 
buckled down. <laughs> but you've only <laughs> been really studying cram. for like a few weeks now instead of like months like yeah. last time? Wow. Yeah, I like had the pre-exam. And this is the thing. It, it's been so triggering for me because it makes me think of um, just the futility I felt in school. Like I was bad. I hated school. Yeah. I, I liked art and I liked English and that was it. Like I hated everything else and um, I, I just... I was talking to my friend who's a therapist, and I'm just telling her how frustrated I am with, with studying. This was the night before the test, and she goes, um, "Does this? Do you feel like this test has any relationship at all to the way you view authority?" I'm like, mm. "Yes, as a matter of fact, I think you're right about that." And and she's like, "You know, with how you felt like you could never do anything right, like you know, no matter how hard you tried in school, you couldn't do well." And I'm like, "Yes, that's exactly it." So that was a little bit helpful, like to at least be able to name it, you know. Yeah. But, um, it's really interesting how all that like really deep-seated insecurity and, and feeling worthless, you know, like kind of surfaced again through this. And I started breaking out like super bad on the, after I took Ooh. the test, but, which is weird because I don't think I'd anticipated how hard the test would be. And it was, we showed up at 6.30 in the morning. It was exactly like the breakfast club where it's like, uh -huh. you know, the pre-dawn where you arrive and you sit in this big room at tables and the person like yells at you. <laughs> <laughs> about how you have to sit there and not look off each other's tests and cheat and stuff. So, um, and it was just like five hours of the most intense oh. thinking and I was hating it. And I, like a couple hours in, I started to go through caffeine withdrawal and I've started to feel a little lightheaded, even though I'd had like a ton of coffee already, like it was time for me to have some more and I couldn't get it, you know? Yeah. So I'm like feeling a little woozy and like wondering, oh, am I going to have a panic attack? Am I going to like faint here? What's going to happen? I made it through, I like powered through, and it had been like five hours of just like hell, just like sheer hell. And then I went outside and I had a parking ticket on my car. Oh. <laughs> and Gosh. I was glad that I didn't find out, like I don't find out for a week my, my, what my results are, but I'm kind of glad to not have that pressure actually. And yeah. just can wait for a while to deal with, okay, am I gonna pass or not this time? Well, so. you're definitely approaching it very differently if you're only studying for two weeks and not find, not concerned about finding out for two for a week because last yeah. time you studied for two months and found out immediately so yeah, yeah. i just feel like that and that fuels the futility element of it i think like uh it's just like feels like a crapshoot yeah yeah know, whether i'm gonna pass or not so yeah when you're just talking about, about your coffee problems in the test, I was picturing you going into the test with one of those hats that people put beer cans in it, only had cups of coffee with straws. <laughs> put a straw from each one into your yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, I just picture you like studiously working, except you've got this absurd hat with straws going into your mouth. Oh, if only. That would really help. I don't see why that shouldn't be allowed. Oh, like you can bring stuff in. I just didn't you know, bring it yeah. up. So. I would like someone to challenge that with that hat that I've described. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I don't pass this one, take it again. I might just try I will that buy one the out. hat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So did we have some, um, a decision reached with our Ma Midnight Madness contest we held? Oh, God. I <laughs> Okay. Was this a source of distress for you? It's a big source of distress. So as I mentioned before, listener Misty messaged me first with the answer, but she had Googled it, and then so did listener Kiko, and then listener um, Michael, he did it too, 
I'm like, well, whatever. It's already been it's already been won. If you if you're just googling it, it's already been won by Misty. If you actually watch it, though, like I said, if you actually watch it by the end of the year and can pass a test, you know, uh, you'll you'll beat you'll win the prize, even if you haven't already seen it. So I guess he, it's all on YouTube. So the movie was Midnight Madness, and it was Michael J. Fox's first movie from 1980. It was a Disney film. Anyway, it's about a scavenger hunt around LA, and it is awesome. And this is on YouTube, and I recommend you watch it. People might think it's good in a bad way. I just think it's good in a good way. So, <laughs> and some people it's also might just YouTube, think it's the whole bad. Thing. The whole thing, yeah. And some people might just think it's just bad in a bad way, wow. but you're an idiot. Anyway, so I love this movie. And uh, anyway, yeah, so Michael went and watched it, but he's just being such a crybaby bitch about the whole thing. Just like, oh, that's bullshit. Fuck Misty. And he was just like getting really angry. When I told her that she had got in ahead of him, like I mean, he listens to the episode three or four days after it came out, and thinks he's gonna win the fucking contest. Good luck. So, <laughs> so then I was like, all right. He's like, I've been watching it. He's watching it. I stayed up all night and I watched most of it. And I was like, bullshit. And Jeez. then so I said, I'm gonna ask you questions, and you have to answer them immediately. This is on Facebook chat. And, and then he was taking wow. too long to answer them. And then I was accusing him of like looking it up. But then I realized he couldn't really look these things up. And it was just, just tedious. And he was a big crybaby, whiny bitch. And anyway, and oh, and then, right. So then I say, fine, okay, you've proved yourself that you've watched the movie answering my questions. So I said, you win, all right? Congratulations. And then I offer him two different prizes. I was like, you can have like just sort of a random novelty prize from a cool oh, novelty shop. Or I have a feeling this could, isn't going to go well. Or I could. Or I could make, or I could give you a Neil Hamburger doll because he likes Neil Hamburgers, and I make Neil Hamburger dolls. He goes, "What? What's the prize? What kind? What, what, what do you think the novelty prize could be?" So I said, "Fuck you! I'm going to send you whatever the fuck I want." So yeah, I gave him a choice of those two options, and then he asked too many questions. So I don't know what he's going to get, but you know, there'll be an air of annoyance around it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Maybe a little more than an error. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, I don't know if you've ever seen that Simpsons where this, this terrible flu comes in from Japan because somebody in the factory of, uh, everyone's ordering this product. Oh, somebody yeah. sneezes into the box and then everybody yeah. orders it in Springfield. And so it, everyone, everyone opens it, the, the, everyone gets that terrible Japanese flu. Uh, that's, yeah. what's, that's what this is going to be like. There'll be a cloud of my fury in a the package. A cloud like around Pigpen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that that Simpsons where they had the Japanese detergent that goes, I am disrespectful to dirt. Oh my god, Mr. Spuckle! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Mr. Spuckle is the greatest, greatest thing ever. Mr. Spuckle. Oh I love that. It's funny because I, even though you're, you're hearing the Mr. Sparkle thing in Japanese and then reading the subtitles, but then I read the subtitles aloud in like, like, like I'm hearing it in Japanese, but it's never said in English. But like my favorite line is also, can't you see that I am serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway, um, now uh, backtracking a little to Christmas. Um, uh, we didn't do a show last week because we needed a break, you know. Obviously, I wasn't too... I just got into, like, holiday mode, and I didn't feel like doing much of anything. So, um, but on Christmas Day, we had a couple of friends over, and uh, we had a little a little Christmas Christmas meal that Greg made. I only made the gravy. Greg did everything else. He was awesome. And uh, anyway, and then um, we're like, let's go and see Django on 
Unchained, the new Tarantino movie, which I talked about. And I was like, let's go see that tonight. And Greg, because actually Greg suggested it. And I was like, yeah, was, once he suggested it, I was committed to doing it on Christmas. So, yeah, everyone left. And then we went and uh, went to see I bought the tickets online. And anyway, so we're watching the what? movie. theater? Uh, we went to the um, uh, Pacific Theater at the Americana, which is like a, like a faux, like if people know the Grove in LA, this is like another, like by the same people who did the Grove, this wannabe shishi environment mall, you know? <laughs> environment mall? <laughs> Does that make sense Not to people? Really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. You know, it. like it wants to look like Paris or something. Yes. So anyway, and it wasn't our first choice. We wanted to go see it at the Vista near, closer to our house, which is really cool, but I went to buy the tickets earlier in the day and the line was around the block at the time the movie was supposed to start. So I was like, fuck this. They didn't have it at the Cinerama. I think they That's would have, my opinion. They, they would have had it huh? there. They had it there, but we, oh. yeah, we were just trying to go someplace closer and convenient. So oh. anyway, so we decided to, I thought, well, you know, I can buy it for Glendale online, so I'll just get that and we don't have to worry about lining up and shit. So anyway, so I get there, we just get, I find the last pair of seats left. Like, there's all just singles all over the place because we got there so late. Anyway, so watching the movie, movie's halfway through, movie is awesome. And then there's about 30 feet between the front of the screen and the, um, and the first row, and we're in the third row. And halfway through, this guy walks right in front of the screen. It's like, why is anybody that close to the screen? Like, if you're going to the bathroom or something, you shouldn't be that close to the screen. So he's walking all the way along the screen. It's like, what the fuck? And the screen was low enough that you could see his head sort of cutting, you know, across the bottom of the projection. And then there are curtains on either side, and he goes behind the curtain on the right-hand side. And it's like, what the fuck? And anyway, so I keep looking at him. And then I can just see the curtain sort of flapping. What's he doing there? And then I look, I was like, he must be trying to get out, you know? I was flapping? It's just, the curtain was just flapping, like he was like like behind there doing something. And then I look, it's like, we well, must be trying to get out. And then I kind of stopped moving for a moment. And then I, it's like, oh, he must have left. And then I look, I'm like, there's no exit sign there. And I look to the other side, there's no exit sign. There's, there's no exits at the front of the screen like there often is. So I'm like, so he's still fucking there. What's he fucking doing? And I'm starting to freak out and I think, why is this guy hiding behind this curtain? And obviously everyone else is thinking the same thing because suddenly everybody just stood up and started streaming out of the theater. Because we thought everybody he was going to like... at the same time everybody the was, same thought. Yeah, all the people in the front were like watching him. Like, what is this guy doing? And, and, and yeah, and I hate that I got up and I'm like, and like Greg was like, let's go. And I was, uh, and, and that I'm really thinking like, am I going to get shot? I was honestly thinking, right. should I play dead? Or if I try to leave, am I just leaving right. my back exposed to get shot at? Like I was right. actually thinking, like planning how to survive. It was just, I just hated it. So we got out to the oh lobby God. and everyone's just like <gasps> freaking out, you know, and I just hated it. And then I started to cry just because I was, even though I felt safe Aww. out there, I was just upset that this sure. was even happening, that even if it was nothing, that everyone was this upset. You know, this other girl was crying. Everyone else is sort of looking yeah. terrified. Because, I mean, it's a shock. Yeah, it's because like this, this is the shock. times we live in that you think that, you know, a guy acting weird in a movie theater is probably going to shoot mm-hmm. you. You know, that's what everybody thinks. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we waited outside and then um, just in the lobby and then um, the security and the ushers like got the guy out because I saw him. So I knew they had him and they took him like way outside. And then Greg went to sort of follow up and see what the deal was and turned out he was just really drunk. That's all it was. He was just really wow. drunk. But yeah, but I mean, I we really, I really thought I was really thinking, 
should I play dead or should I get shot in the back? Risk getting shot in the oh, back. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's really not the kind of thing you want to be thinking about ever, you know. And it just, you know, it seemed like, you know, a, 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 a spaghetti western on Christmas Day, you know. Just, you know, I didn't think of all that at the time, but it just felt like, when I thought it was like, yeah, it seems like a perfect sort of event for that if you're... Right. Fuck. So anyway, yeah. So and then and then they they paused the movie and they were like, yeah, we're gonna go back a bit if you wanna wanna keep watching it or you can get your money back. And I was debating what to do. And Greg's like, well, they said he's drunk, but I mean, if he's with somebody else or you know he's just faking or he left a bomb there. They're not even calling the police. So you know, let's wow. just leave. You know, so we we left and I was pretty shaken. So we got our money back. So we went and saw it finished finally today, like uh, nearly a week later, we went and watched the movie oh. again. So nice, yeah. So the whole movie is awesome. So and the first half, which we had to watch again, was uh. not 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 a bore at all to watch. So yes, I highly oh, recommend. Good. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I was kind of like, should we just go Kill in Bill and out? One her? was uh. a little difficult at times for me. You think? I love it. I Kill watched Bill one. Huh? I mean, it was just so. That I like two a lot, but like I was so like drawn. It was drawn out, and it was really hard for me to sit there. For yeah, it. this is a bit drawn. This is like two hours and forty five minutes. So when I say half, I'm talking like an hour and a half into the movie. Wow! <laughs> when all this happened, so we had to rewatch a lot of it. But um, but yeah, but I still think it's really uh, uh, yeah. You might find part of this drawn out, but I mean, I saw Kill Bill one and two like as one long movie. Like they showed it at um, at the New Beverly, the theater that Tarantino owns. Um, they showed oh, it as wow. one long movie, so it was like four hours. I didn't know long. you owned a theater. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, like a grindhouse theater here in LA. I think it was about. Oh I think he had like so, I think he had some investment. He used to screen a lot of like he has a lot of his movies get screened there just from his own collection, and mm-hmm. I think they're about to go under and then he, he saved it. So. Yeah. It, so and that's where I met him because I met him one like yep yeah, uh, that's met, right yeah so that was exciting oh, but um, anyway yeah so that's my crazy Django story so I mean the movie's called Django Unchained story. but I had it on the document as Django Unwatched because I didn't get to see it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was my Christmas I'm glad you escaped with your life thank you from the <laughs> drunk the drunk kid uh-huh. <laughs> No, I would have lost my shit. Yeah, yeah, it was terrifying. Um, now, uh, now, what? How was your Christmas? It was good. We, uh, well, I mean, two days before, you know, I had all this like emotional family stuff come up. Jeez, I've been triggered a lot lately this holiday. You season. have. <laughs> I've been dealing with Fuck a lot this of emotional holiday, triggers. Man. But, yeah, I just like <laughs> this holiday. Stupid. Who cares about it anyway? Who cares about it anyway? <laughs> Like two days before, I you know had this sadness that you know I was able to talk about with some people who had the same thing. So that was really nice. And so I'll I'll I'd mention it now. Like you should talk about it because it's nice to have someone you know just know that you're not alone in your holiday sorrow. Holiday sorrow. So um, but Christmas Day actually I was fine. I was worried how I would do on Christmas Day, but I was fine. And um, the kids we gave them each Kindle fires, which was you know. Yeah, so that's there. And I, I still don't have a Kindle, but they each have a Kindle Fire now. And um, David gave me a Blu-ray player and an entire Carol Burnett season. Oh, wow. So I was really excited about that because I love Carol Burnett like I love Lawrence Welk. Like, I have them in the same category because it's total childhood nostalgia for me. Right. And, um, yeah, did you guys watch Carol Burnett? Uh, I, I didn't. I think my parents might have, but I didn't really... Didn't 
see it. So yeah, there's some shows yeah. like that came through, like like with Mary Tyler Moore show. I only watched that when we got cable in Australia and we had Nick at Night suddenly. That's like I got into Mary Tyler Moore in 1996. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, but I loved. I watched so many episodes, you know. But um, but it wasn't till till much later. Yeah, I never got into. I need to. I would really like to watch it because I bet I'd like it. But, oh, it's hilarious. Um, that I think that show's still funny. Like the Golden Girls is still funny. Like some shows you're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I totally need to give the Golden Girls another chance because I just I just remember being okay. It would come on Saturday night and Rhonda's you know and I'd spend the night with Rhonda's grandma. She'd say, "Oh, the show's too dirty. Let's turn it off." So that's all I know about it. Is that supposedly is a dirty show? It is dirty and really uh, and it remains dirty. Just the things they say and um, it's too bad because Lifetime used to show Golden Girls all the time. It was like the Golden Girls channel, really? but now they mostly just show like reality shows all the time. So um, so no, I don't even think they show the Golden Girls at all. It's really sad. Did you ever watch Designing Women? I, I never watched Designing, Designing Women. Women. Oh, I loved it. It was totally like my aunt. It just reminded me of my aunts getting together. And they're all, you know, Southern and, you know, kind of prim, but like dirty in a really prim way. So. Right, right. Um, so that was kosher for me to watch, you see. I see, because Well, I love that you got all that yeah, stuff for guys... Christmas because you usually, you and David don't even usually exchange gifts at Christmas, do you? We like we don't make a big deal out of it. Like he right. always gets me something, you know, and then you know, even though we haven't talked about it. Right. And then, so now I, <laughs> I'm like, no, the Christmas is for kids. You know, is kind of my thought on it. So yeah, um, I got him a book. I got him the 2012 America's Best Short Stories. Cool. So that was his thing. He he likes books, just so he can lie around and read on Christmas. Very yeah, nice. do you guys exchange gifts? We usually do, really... but we just haven't. We didn't have any ideas this year. I have money from my yeah. my parents that I haven't I haven't bought anything with because I have no ideas. And on the day before, we were like, we should get each other something. And then I remembered I wanted um, Portishead's Dummy album on vinyl, which I'd seen at Amoeba last time oh. we went. So I'm like, oh, I want that. And so we went to Amoeba, and then it wasn't there, and I was so sad because I really wanted it. So then I found a, a um, Portishead's second album that I uh, I also wanted, just not as much. So I got that. And then when we were paying for the things we got, right behind the guy, and there's like 20 registers at Amoeba, and right behind the guy that was serving us was uh, a copy of uh, Lucky Joe's first EP on vinyl, which I'd never even seen. It was on blue vinyl, and I was like, <gasps> it was like only 30 bucks. So I'm like, Greg, Greg, and he's like, you want that? And it was funny because I think the guy behind the counter knew Greg so he was like hey man how's it going and I didn't know who the guy was but Greg's like oh hey man and then Greg has to like buy this Ugly Kid Joe album from this guy that he knows <laughs> <laughs> and Greg's like uh, Christmas present <laughs> sure yeah but I, and then I upped my excitement just so it was clear it was for his stupid wife <laughs> I wish I could have seen what upping your excitement looked like I was just like, oh, and I was like, uh, just eyeing it and opening it up and checking the vinyl, and it was all clean and in great condition. Yeah, so, I mean, I was genuinely excited, but I just made sure it was obvious to the guy. So, anyway, so I got that, and I was happy. So, yeah. Um, now, now, what is this Steffi Sports Center? I don't understand. Oh, Steffi Sports Center. Okay. Um, this is yesterday. I came up with this because uh, there's a lot. Okay. 
let me back up even further. Um, my husband really likes football. He loves all sports, and he plays the fantasy sports leagues, and this surprises everybody, because they think he's, like, some kind of band guy who's, you know, too arty or whatever yeah. for sports. But no, he's, like, obsessed with them all. And um, he, I am, like, do not, I cannot get it up for any sports except <laughs> for the Arkansas Razorbacks, but the rest... Like, I do not care. I hate to hear the sports announcers. Um, Dustin Marshall, the little barrel audio guy, um, founder, producer guy, um, tweeted once, and I thought it was brilliant. He goes, football to me sounds like the back of my dad's head. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's my, my association with it, is like, you know, growing up in Texas and Arkansas, everyone would get so excited about sports and football and yay! And I'm just like, what is the point? I just, I just don't really understand. And it kind of, it, you know, was the equivalent to me of being ignored and like my parents checking out and then being angry about <laughs> about stuff right. if they lost. Yeah. If their team lost, like the emotional atmosphere in the house was really bad. So. I don't have like a lot of positive associations with sports, but and David knows this and he's really sweet about about watching sports on the sly. Like <laughs> he like kind of tries to skulk around about it. I'm like, it's okay. I'm not gonna be mad. But like, if we get in the car and sports radio is on, he's been listening to it. He kind of turns it off really quickly. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I promise it's okay. So um, he's. So he's watching all these bowl games, and he's like, yeah, you know, the, these are the, today are the games all the NFL teams are playing, so they can figure out who's going to the playoffs, so it's a big deal. He's kind of telling me this guiltily. But, um, at the, you know, when he was telling me, oh yeah, this, um, Tony Romo for the Dallas Cowboys, he threw an interception, and then they ran it all the way back and got a touchdown, the other team did, and I was like, oh... If I was Tony Romo, I would just start crying if I threw an interception. <laughs> he thought that was really funny. He's like, I just like the, the idea of you entertaining Tony Romo's emotions. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, I could get into sports if I could entertain the emotions. Like, I would love to be the Sports Center girl. You know, Sports Center is that program on yes. ESPN where they're, you know, it's a bunch of guys just growing it up and uh, it makes me want to throw up because they're all, Peyton Manning knows what's going on both sides of the football, you know. But I'm like, I wish I could be the announcer lady with the microphone when they came off. And I'm like, how did that feel, Eli, that you're not going to the playoffs, but your brother Peyton is, you know? And you guys grew up in the same family. And, God, you've got that, that younger brother who got injured in high school. So what's he doing now? Is he just like a total pothead stoner? Like, does your dad call him a fag? Like, what's the story there? Like, did you feel like you had to play football in order to get your dad's attention? Like, this is the type of stuff that I want to ask these players. Right, right. <laughs> So, I started tweeting like what I would ask is <laughs> Steffi Sports Center. I would just hashtag it. Right. Steffi Sports Center. So, is your identity tied to this? You know, like, um, what keeps you up at night? Are you, <laughs> do you ever worry about, <laughs> remember when Stuart Somali said to Michael Jordan, he's like, no. do you ever worry about not catching the ball right or putting it in the basket? <laughs> Asking the stupidest questions. So, Anyway, I, I was pretty excited about that because I'm like, hey, I could turn this my whole hatred of sports on its head and find a way to be interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> I could just talk about the relational aspects of the sports. Well, that's why I kind of like to get life, Greg so. on board to watch it because Greg feels about Project Runway the way you feel about all sports. So like, I oh. like, but I like to have him because I'm like, I, much as I love Project Runway, like I'm still being very harsh and judgmental of all the outfits. So I like to have him right. along for the runway portion just just to have his commentary because he just gets so like he doesn't care at all but when he sees something ugly he will fucking let you know it and, and nice. i just i just love his commentary on on the clothes 
So yeah, that's not bad. Like he'll admit when something's good, but if he hates something, my god, he just unloads. Oh, I would and love I, to I, hear I love that. It. So yeah, I think people who actually have disdain for the for the thing, a, a good a good can be good comment commenters. Oh god, if only we could get David and Greg to we could record their comments while they're watching Project Runway because David, he'll always say like. I've told you this before, but he, he said one time during the, the runway the judges were discussing the results, he goes, Michael Kors just looks like a honey-baked ham. He does! <laughs> I know, I've never forgotten that. He does look like a honey-baked ham. Oh, such apt observations. Yes. Now, um, now, do you know much about Queensryche? I know that they are giant douchebags, yeah. and I've seen that video recently. The Jeff about Tate the guy video. Going, the Jeff Tate. Yeah, yes. I live on the oh edge. my gosh. Yes. That's what I want to talk about. So Traveler. it's listener. Okay. I don't know much about. So Jeff Tate, I guess, was the singer of Queensrÿche for for nearly thirty years, and I think he did something really douchey. Maybe he ripped them off or did something fucked. I don't know. I was told, and, and then I've forgotten. And but anyway, so he they kicked him out of the band, and they've gone their separate ways. So now there's like two Queensrÿche. There's the whole band plus a new singer and then there's the Jeff Tate version with a whole different band. Anyway, so What? Yes. So anyway, so then for, for some unknown reason, now Jeff Tate, the, the original singer of Queensryche, has this electronic press kit video that you can see on YouTube, which we will link to on the website. And don't be put off when it says it's six minutes, because the meat of the video is only three minutes, and the last three minutes is just you're reading text, which you don't have to read, but you get the joy of it in, in the in the in the first three minutes. But he just says the most ridiculous things ever. This thing is so pointless. Like, what are you trying to sell here? What are you trying to tell us? He's like, I'm a singwriter. I'm a singer, songwriter, traveler. Oh yeah, I love my job. <laughs> And it's like, just so deliciously douchey. Yeah, like, and it's, it's, it could not be any douchier. No, it's it's like it's it's what douche. It's like it's made on purpose, you know, to just like you know to thrill people who love to marvel at douche, you know, like that's. It's just an ad for douche. Yeah, all it is. it's like he's so clueless, and it's been up for how long has this been up for? Since September first, it's been up, and all the comments, even by Queensrÿche fans, like this is so. This is so douchey and ridiculous. So he goes on, like, talking about Queensryche's history, and he's like, music is my great passion. I've been told my passion for living borders on extreme. <laughs> I've been told I'm an experienced junkie. If there's an excuse for adventure, I'm there. <laughs> it reminds me of that video we watched at Tammy's. It was um, Chris... Um, Oh, oh, uh, Christine Owens? That do you mean the Christine Owens? Like, why do those two videos remind me of each other? Yeah, because it's just so indulgent. I think is the thing. Self-indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. This has no purpose. This video, and he then goes on to talk about his motorbike and how when he goes on the road, he likes to take a couple of motorbikes and you know ride between cities. And there's a picture of him like pointing to a speed limit, 25 miles. He's doing thumbs down. Like, boo! We don't like to go 25 miles. So he talks about his motorbike and how I like to drive between cities. And he goes, and this is how this is him telling you about his adventurous life. And then he goes, I love wine. I have my own brand. It's called Insania. (laughs) Insania. Insania. Fucking douche lord. So yeah. So and then he shows his wine and just him sipping wine and laughing. (laughs) And then he's like, motorcycles, music, wine. These are some, but not all of my passions in life. 
<laughs> it's unfucking believable. And then he keeps talking, and then there's this part where he's like talking, talking, talking. Like, and then he's like, wait, I love this part. And then he like, he's, it's a picture of him, oh, it's yeah. a scene of him on stage and he does this pissy little jump. It's like, like yeah. a little half a foot jump backwards on stage. And he's like, oh. he's like so proud of it. It's like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, we've seen like David Lee Roth with these amazing fucking kicks and touch his toes. And you want us to pause and look at that? Oh, for fuck's sake, he's a wanker. <laughs> Never heard of this guy till this video. So listen, you have to watch this fucking video. It's amazing. <laughs> David played, okay, his band, Tennis Pro, like a couple years ago, they played some charity show, like some benefit with a bunch of bands, and Queensryche was one of them, and oh, backstage, right. like, you know, it was like tons of bands, right? And Queensryche was the only band who demanded their own dressing room and had a oh. writer and everything. It was, and he, and he said that the atmosphere, everyone was like, yeah, Queensryche are a bunch of wankers, you know? Yeah. So. God damn. Well, listen up, check that shit out. Perfect. Now, I, I believe you have some delightful new Dong Doctor quotes. Do I ever? Um, so, I got um, a message from the Dong Doctor, the anonymous Dong Doctor, the other day. Yes. He goes, Well, I had a patient who had perianal warts, and he reluctantly asked me what would happen if someone were to, quote, lick around there with their tongue, <gasps> end quote. <laughs> I love that he reluctantly asks. Yes. <laughs> so, so I go, oh my God, what would happen? <laughs> so the dong doctor writes back. Well, he would first experience an odd sense of ecstatic pleasure combined with horror. Then the person administering analingus would get off on the perceived pleasure taken him that is getting his anus licked. <laughs> Months later, that someone would then likely experience whitish cauliflower-like lesions on his tongue. And that oh. is all. Oh, and his breath would probably be, be bad too. <laughs> oh. Cauliflower. And I go, oh my god, it takes months? And he goes, yeah, days, weeks, months. Why? Have you been bad this year? <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, Dong Doctor. Dong Doctor has the best job. He does and he doesn't. Um. <laughs> I showed him like like an abscess, like a picture of like a giant abscess on the neck that I found and um I was like, what is this? Is this a cyst or an abscess? And he's like, oh, that's an abscess. I, I deal with those all the time. He's like, he goes, you have to put on goggles. And um, honestly, they will spray me <gasps> and the nurses and the walls. Oh. <laughs> you can, like, I'm so delighted by this stuff. He's like, geez, the dermatologist's office would be like a playground for you. Seriously. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I went into the wrong profession. Oh. Well, um, I have some. I have a text that was texted to the dong line from uh, listener, okay. listener Hunter. We haven't heard from him in a long time. Uh, yeah. Yes, and he uh, um, he uh, said, "I was cruising Facebook the other day and found a girl whose last name is Wankoff." <laughs> <laughs> but then he says, "I want to friend this person." I know. Then he says, I told this to my best friend and he didn't get why it was funny. What the fuck is wrong? Wow. Who couldn't find that funny? Did the is this friend I wanna know more about this friend. Do you think that friend like got it and just didn't want to find it funny? Or no, honestly, I doesn't... think it's time that Hunter finds a new best friend yeah. is what I think. Yeah, that's not your best friend. I think that's that just like a friend. You can have friends that don't find the last name Wankoff funny, but not your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Be 
your best friend. There's got to be more like a soulmate. There's got to be a camaraderie with that kind of juvenile. There you go. You know, hilarity. <laughs> well, we think it's hilarious, Hunter. Good for you. <laughs> Please friend us, Hunter, if you haven't already. Yes. Please do. Um, and then, and then, then send us to this wank-off girl. Yes, yes. So we can give her a hard time. What are we going to do if we contact the wank-off girl? Hey, your last name's wank-off. <laughs> Unfriend. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, now, we also got a, a, a text from uh, from Jeff in New York. And, um, and this is so great. How... I don't know how I didn't know about this book before, and maybe you have. Maybe I'm. I, bet, I haven't heard you mention it. So if you have known about it, I can't believe you haven't mentioned it. It's called "How to Live with a Huge Penis." Oh, <gasps> I've not heard of this book. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I hold all of you personally responsible for not telling us about this book. I know. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is the hero for telling us about it. So anyway, I'm going to read a couple of reviews from it, oh. <laughs> and then I, I and then I only like I only I'm only I'm only at the tip of the iceberg, and uh, you, I, I would love to like read every single one of these reviews. But anyway, uh, like a community in a book. Thank you. Having the girth of a large shampoo bottle is allegedly a blessing, as long as you're oh not the one God. with the gift. Guys, my <gasps> <gasps> shampoo bottle. Yes. Guys think they want one. Women think they want it given to them. However, my psyche is scarred and confused <laughs> from the howls I've heard after I drop trow. <laughs> Are they scared? Turned on? Is there a monster behind me? No. The monster has always been in my pants. <laughs> wow. Only now, after oh reading this God. wonderful book, have I been able to make peace with my peace. So, this is even real. It's I have a to real wonder book. about that review. And that, and that I review, mean, the book. I'm just talking about that review. No, that review <laughs> no, sounds... No, the monster's in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just his way of dealing with it. I still want to read this book. Um, Me any, too. Yeah. Anyway, um, then <laughs> True and So Poignant by Jay Clark. <laughs> I wasn't going to buy this book, but my girlfriend actually got it for me for my birthday. <laughs> I read oh. it cover to cover and it has really changed my life. I've always suffered with having a, my girlfriend calls it, ginormous penis. Imagine having imagine having two soda cans duct taped together in your pants. Two? Two. Oh, end to end or side yes, by side? I think end to end, obviously. <laughs> I've always had a hard time sitting down and forget about it if I have an erection. <laughs> oh my God. God. Some people think it would be so awesome to have such a flesh sword in your Grundies, but I can tell you that it is not what it's cracked up to be. Have you ever had some hottie not have sex with you because she was trembling like a newborn fawn? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Have you ever okay, been accused of... Okay, I'm just of... now finally starting to feel a little bit sorry for you. I know, I know. That's why I really want to read this book. These reviews extra made me want to read it. Um, have you ever been accused of stuffing something down your granimal jeans oh, by your playground yeah. buddies? Have you ever been asked to go home from your boss because you were distracting co-workers? Buy this book. No it will change your way. whole life. Wow. Yes. Oh, my God. Is this downloadable to Kindle? Oh, I don't know. It, um... Is there a uh, no, there could be. Not that I see. But anyway. Are there pictures? It's temporarily out of stock. Oh my god, we have to find it at the library. Anyway. 
I don't know if there are pictures. <laughs> See, search inside this book. Advice, advice, meditations, and wisdom from men who have too much. Meditations. <laughs> advice, okay, but meditations. <laughs> When I say meditations, I'm picturing like with the cowardly lion, you know, pulling his tail, going, "I do believe it's spooks. I do believe it's spooks. Yes. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do believe it's spooks." So, I'm, so I'm they... picturing um, the boss from Reality Bites. Remember when Winona Ryder like messed up his cards, but before they go on screen, um, he's like lying there. He has cucumber slices on his eyes, and he has his hands crossed over his chest, and he's whispering, "How will I get there if I don't know where I'm going? How will I get there if I don't know where I'm going?" <laughs> I don't remember that, but yeah, it is in the same vein, the same throbbing vein. Oh, real quick, I have. Um, I'm looking at this movie that I really liked. Have you seen? And I'm a little late to the game on this, but have you seen the movie Tiny Furniture? I have not. It's um, streaming on Netflix, and Lena Dunham directed it, and she stars in it too. Like wrote it, directed, stars in it. Just like the room, except good. Oh, that doesn't even make <laughs> I sense. I really like it, and she also did Girls, which I haven't seen yet, but um, uh-huh. it's like a series, HBO series. I don't know. So, um, if listeners want to talk about Tiny Furniture, if they've seen it, I would love to talk with you about it. I would love for Simone to see it. Okay. And report back. All right. If you have time. That you have next week off, and it's streaming on Netflix, so okay, maybe, maybe I'll check it out. Okay, mm. okay, so I guess that's it for this week. But um, please visit us at dongtini.com to see pictures of the book titled "How to Live with a Very Large Penis" <laughs> <laughs> and other fun things, Christmas presents, Midnight Madness, um, crazy guy at the Django Unwatched. Well, I guess there's no photography of him, but no. Um. We love you so much, and thank you so much for listening. And until next time, bye, Simone. Bye, Stephanie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye.
podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.